just like that. We are back with one of my favorite guests, Julie Kelly, really a rising star in the new media, which I actually call the independent media. Julie Kelly, who writes with American Greatness and other places. But Julie, you're just so wonderful. I mean, you know, we were together just, uh, I don't know, about a month or so ago mm-hmm. in Florida at the Judicial Watch Conference. And, you know, this was before uh, the announcement of the release of the January 6th tapes, which we want to get to kind of uh, immediately. But uh, thanks for being here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, as I told Cash Patel, I just saw him at CPAC last weekend um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, my work on January 6th, I never would have been able to do without you and Jack and Cash as sort of role models and following what you guys did with Russiagate um, and just considering you guys my friends and mentors. So uh, <laughs> I'm so happy to be here to, to talk. Well, and for those of you who haven't heard the story, I think I said it last, I can't mm-hmm. remember, maybe last time you were on the show, I mentioned it, but you know, you have an amazing story because you're truly an independent journalist that came out of nowhere that just started writing for American Greatness and you were writing and doing like little things on cooking, like cooking shows and and recipes and things of that nature, minding your own business in Illinois. And then out of nowhere, you start covering Russiagate. You you even showed up in Washington uh, saying, hey, I'm here to write about the Russia hoax and doing (laughs) interviews back in 2017 and 18 when very few people were willing to write about that, but ultimately get to the truth. So Julie, with with that, I just want to roll right into this. I want to play Chuck Schumer took to the Senate floor uh, here in the last, I think, 24 hours. And we want to play this clip. It's about a two-minute clip. Uh, I want to play it. We'll come out and then we'll get your reaction to it. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying lying to his audience. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. He tried to argue it was nothing more than a peaceful sightseeing tour. Can you imagine? A nonviolent demonstration, a perfectly fine and appropriate instance of people expressing their opinion. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. Many of my staff were here at the Capitol on January 6th. Their lives were put in danger, as were the lives of many of my colleagues, as well as police, maintenance staff, reporters, countless others. At one point, I was within 30 feet of the rioters. One of them, I was told, shouted out, let's get him, before my detail pulled me away and we ran in the other direction. To say January 6th was not violent is a lie, a lie pure and simple. 
I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. Wow. <laughs> Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, Democrat. We're here with Julie Kelly talking about that he was Chuck Schumer was talking about the Tucker Carlson assessment of the January 6th tapes. Look, I could go a lot of directions with this, Julie, but you're the expert. So we'll just roll it right over to you. I mean, what's amusing about that clip is him talking about being 30 feet away from average Americans in a public building and that he was almost, I don't know if someone actually almost talked to him before his detail swooped him into, you know, the five car SUV motorcade that he tools around town in. I mean, that is so funny on its face. But um, Devin, what he said after that was even was pretty jaw dropping. You have the Senate Majority Leader standing on the Senate floor and he used the word order. I order the Murdochs. I order Fox News to take Tucker Carlson off of the show tonight, which was yesterday, the program that continued. And I was on that as well. Um, then he followed up with a press briefing with journalists where he continued this tirade and again demanded that Fox News not allow Tucker to present any new video or discuss any contradictory narrative about January 6th. Really shocking. And of course, Devin, as you know, the journalists, compliant regime cutouts in the news media, instead of saying, wait a second, Senator Schumer, this is so out of line, you should not be calling uh, for an American journalist, one of the most, well, the most influential on the right, uh, to be removed for his boss to take him off the air. Of course, they did it. They went right along with it. Um, but the end result is the videos are out. The contradictory narrative, i.e. the truth, is coming out. And that's why you see, see utter panic by people like Chuck Schumer, even Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, and of course, the national news media. Well, yeah, Julie, and I was there uh, that day also, and actually barely missed the protesters who came in and broke the windows uh, just nearby where where I was at the, on the, in the front of the Capitol, in the Capitol. I had just left and went down. Matter of fact, when the first kind of breach of the Capitol occurred was just shortly after I, I had left. And, you know, I've said from the, from the very beginning, two things. One, release all the videotapes so we can see what actually happened so everybody can go through all the videotapes. Now, I agree with Kevin McCarthy initially releasing these to somebody like Tucker Carlson, who, as you said, has the number one show. But I still believe all of these tapes need to get to get out. There's some over 40,000 hours of tapes because we really need to get to the bottom of what happened, what hasn't happened here. And that is to my second point that I've said from the very beginning, I've always said that the people that showed up that we saw pictures of that were that were taken of the guys that had the masks on we don't even know if they're guys or gals i'm just assuming right. they're guys they were they seem to have sophisticated um equipment with them spe specifically hammers that were designed to break through bulletproof glass uh those people we want to know and anyone who broke a window that day we want to know and I have absolutely no problem with any, no matter who those people are of uh, them getting fully prosecuted at the maximum 
that to the maximum sentence of the law, because I'm sorry, you don't break into the United States Capitol, come there with a hammer, ropes, and break windows. You just don't do it. I don't care. Who, I don't care who you are. Right. Of course. But those people, I still don't know. You may know some of them, but can you give us? Because you, I think you've talked to. There's some. I think I heard you say last night on Tucker Carlson's show, or I heard you say this somewhere else, that there's approximately a hundred people who were either inside the Capitol or some even outside the Capitol who are sitting around who still haven't yet to be tried and prosecuted and they're in a jail somewhere. Is that, is that, did I get that number right? So the hundred or so figure that I talked about last night is the total number of defendants who have been held over the past two years under pretrial detention orders. That means that a judge has denied them bail, even though the overwhelming majority have no criminal record, but simply because they were part of the quote unquote mob on January 2nd, uh, on January 6th, these judges have come back uniformly and kept some of these men in jail now, Devin, almost two years, 24 months, 25, 26 months. We have January 6th defendants facing serious charges. Some are accused of assaulting police officers. Some are just charged with conspiracy or obstruction who remain behind bars. Now, that situation changes a little bit as they take plea deals or they go to trial and then they're convicted. So right now there are about three dozen who are um, under pretrial detention orders, most of them languishing at this D.C. gulag, uh, part of the D.C. jail system that's been set aside just for Trump supporters, uh, where, of course, they are subjected to horrific treatment. Um, so, uh, but to your point, in terms of the agitators, provocateurs, the mm -hmm. Ray Epps um, image there, you know, he is sort of the tip of the iceberg and people still don't understand why he's uncharged. <laughs> yeah. He brought yeah. up the fact that he remained on restricted grounds now till 240. That's an hour and a half, half an hour longer than he told the January 6th committee. But nonetheless, he was on restricted grounds for an hour and a half. He also was with the first um, group of men who physically breached the exterior uh, line, you know, by Peace Circle, the western edge of the Capitol grounds. He was with that group. He whispered in the ear of Ryan Samsel, who is the man who knocked over, first knocked over the set of bike racks, knocked over a police officer and went up the stairs towards the building. Uh, we don't know what Ray Epps said to Ryan Samsel, but the fact that he's not charged uh, speaks to a lot of people's justified skepticism about what sort of informants. We know there were numerous FBI informants because it's coming out in trial. Uh, there mm -hmm. were probably 15 embedded in the Proud Boys months before January 6th, they were embedded in the Oath Keepers. Um, so we know that those individuals existed. We just don't know who they are and what they were doing. And of course, as you know, there are no straight answers coming out of this FBI. Right. Do we know yet who, are any of those people that are being held or that have been prosecuted so far, are they the ones that had the hammer? Do we know that, that had the, the, the ski masks on with the hammers to break the windows? Have any of them been actually prosecuted? 
No, but the man who used the riot shield, the first uh, riot shield uh, by the Senate wing door, Dominic Pozzola, he is on trial now. He's been in jail since January of 2021. He's on trial now with four other members of the Proud Boys charged with seditious conspiracy. Um, so to my knowledge, that's the only man who has been arrested and charged for breaking uh, windows. Um, you also have big questions about who opened doors. So that, just to be clear, and we'll come back to the doors because I think that's really interesting, which is why we need to, the whole country to the, these videotapes to be released. But specifically, that what 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 was he using? That so that was a South Senate door. What was he? What was he? What did he have in his hands? Uh, Dominic Pizzola had a riot shield. So there's famous video of him using that riot shield to break open uh, a window. Um, and so he, he has been charged and he's okay. not an informant, but he, but as in terms of other, other vandalism, people who are unidentified or charged, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So what about the other, so what about specifically the, the famous picture to me? And I don't think we have the picture. Uh, maybe our team can get it here as we're going through this, but what about the guy that had the mask on with that, with that hammer that was specifically designed to break through uh, bulletproof glass? How about that guy? I don't believe he or I think he was with two other men uh, who clearly looked like left wing agitators, how they dress. I don't believe that they've been charged. No. And we don't even know who they are. No. Nice. OK, right. so so we know that. So let's get to the next, which you kind of brought it up. Um, and clearly we saw the the I call him the Viking dude, you know, the, the goofy Viking dude who's clearly an individual who has mental issues. He's not mm -hmm. a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He, you know, calls himself the QAnon something or another. Um, you know, nobody takes this guy serious. I mean, he's, it seems to me like he's got a pattern. What I've seen, what I've read about the guy, he has a pattern over kind of a decade at least of kind of showing up at both Republican, Democrat. Mm -hmm. Any Anytime there's a crowd, this guy shows up. And of course, he got into showing up at, at different Trump rallies and that sort of thing. Um, but boy, you know, when I saw, you know, if you take everything that we that we saw at the time, like we knew the guy was, you know, kind of, you know, I, I don't want to speak ill of the guy, but looks like he has some serious mental issues. Yes. Um, anybody that would dress up like that all the time. I mean, no idea what he does for a job or a living. But, you know, look, when he got busted, Kind of thought, hey man, the dude was on the Senate floor. That's that's pretty damn bad for somebody to be on the Senate floor, and and it is, it, it is bad. And you know, and I have no issue with him being prosecuted at some level, but now the latest tapes that come out, it looks very strange because he's being escorted around almost by the police. The police are talking to them, and then they 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 move him around. Um, and then it looks like I, I haven't been able to see the video close enough to know, but, you know, obviously spending two decades in the nation's capital. I mean, it looks like they open up the, the it looks like it's the Senate door mm -hmm. and they let him into the Senate. I can't tell if that's a Senate door, but do you know if they actually opened up that door and let him in there? Um, it's hard to tell. And I'm not that familiar with the building aside from, you know, sort of matching up video and and photographs with locations that that I know, um, but it is hard to identify 
But look, it, it had to be. I mean, did they just leave the doors to the Senate chamber open? Um, I believe Jacob entered the Senate chambers at like 2.30, 2.40. Um, so the Senate had already been evacuated at about yeah, here, 20. Yeah, here it is on the screen so people can kind of see it. This is right. what ran, I think, on Tucker okay. Carlson. And I think it's coming up here at the end, I believe, of this video. I think Disclosed TV put, put it on to True Social. But it's... Uh, yeah, those doors had to have been locked. Right. I mean, they had to have been locked. I mean, they would have they cleared the Senate floor. They just like they cleared the House floor. They locked all the doors down. Right. Um. Anyway, we're gonna see it here shortly. But but look, there's a point here. You you guys will watch it. But but why? I guess the question is, you got the guy walking around. Why would you not at that point say, "Hey, dude." We're going to arrest you and we're going to send you outside the Capitol. Like you got to go down and out. Right. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think that's a real question is, you know, did the guy just find an open door or were senators still there? You know, cause I don't want to, we don't want to draw any conclusions on this, except that I, I, I mean, look, I, I've never seen where somebody that is, you know, clearly at least dressed as a protester, um, gets to just walk around like that. However, Julie, I have seen in my career numerous times that people dressed like that or similar. In fact, when I was in the nation's capital last week, you had dozens and dozens of these people dressed like these marshmallow guys that were, I don't know, mm -hmm. something like that was at the Super Bowl in that weird uh, uh, halftime show. They were all walking around the Capitol last week. Um, but you know, even at my office, I had numerous times, both my office in Washington and in DC, it was not uncommon for people to come in dressed up, sit on the floor. You'd have to call the, the Capitol police or the police to try to get them out of there. Um, I also remember they shut down an entire Senate building. I remember one time, I think John Boehner was speaker and they had, I don't know, 20 or 30 of them come into somehow got into the Capitol under the dome, locked arms, laid down and refused to leave. And it shut down the whole capital. So oh, doesn't appear like they were doing this with the Viking dude that I could tell. Right. And what preceded this video, Devin, and I covered Jacob's case since the spring of 2021. Um, and we obtained video at American Greatness in, I believe it was May of 2021. Someone sent it to us and we posted it where Jacob is talking with those very same officers. And the one officer, I believe his name is Officer Robichaud. And he's telling Jacob, look, we're not against you. You can come through here. You can protest peacefully. Just don't do anything illegal. Don't do anything violent. And then Jacob screams, you know, we have a right to protest peacefully. You must be peaceful. Um, and so it's the same officer who is accompanying Jacob throughout the building and then really follows him into the Senate chambers. Now, this to me raises a bigger question, Devin, because one thing I've wondered for, so for two years after talking to so many January Sixers, most of them had never even been to Washington before, let alone inside the Capitol building. And my thought is, how did they find the Senate chambers, let alone get inside? How did they find Nancy Pelosi's office? Like, these are things that, first of all, should have been completely secured and shut down. Um, but furthermore, how did they get there? I mean, these people didn't know where they were going. 
And then to Tucker's point, those who are kind of in the rotunda or the crypt area walking through the hallways, he showed that surveillance video too. I mean, they really were just in awe. You hear people saying or testifying, you know, I'd never been there and I saw the statues and I saw the paintings and the marble and everything was so amazing and beautiful. So that is true. It, it is true that numerous things can be happening at different locations at the same time. And, and that and is by really the, way, the truth of January 6th. By, by the way, outside of that flag that you see waving there, um, on, on any normal day before Pelosi got full control and used COVID to shut off the, the United States Capitol to the people, mm -hmm. it used to be the people's house. It used to be open. Now there's an orderly way to do it. Uh, but a lot of those people that were rightfully in Washington, D.C., and this is what the left and, and basically never Trump and some on the right uh, refuse to to admit, and that is that there is a right for the American people to mm -hmm. protest. It's called the freedom of speech. They have a right to come to our nation's capital. They had a right to be outside the White House. They had a right to go march to the Capitol. Guess what? They believe that the election was stolen. Mm -hmm. And look, and I've said this many times, there is plenty of evidence to show First of all, all you got to do is part of the reason I'm at True Social now, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook owner, now Meta owner, put in over $400 million of dark money that went into 10 states to presumably go and harvest ballots. We know that some of those people that were being paid actually had access to some of the voting, um, the voting precincts, the voting centers. I mean, that th Those are facts. And so people showing up on January 6th to protest say, we don't think this is right. They, they have no, that, that is purely 100% legal. By the way, the whole idea too of, of, of going there to protest against the electors, I was there in, mm -hmm. in a couple different times during the George W. Bush when he was sworn in. And when Trump was sworn in, you had numerous Dem Democrats do exactly the same thing. So, to make this into some big deal that 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 somehow it's almost as if if you're a Republican or a conservative, don't come to Washington, D.C. because protesting is not legal. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, it is. But you know what I mean? It's like they're being told that effectively. And what I want to get to next here, Julie, is these people were led into the Capitol. And I've said this also. If you were an innocent person doing your exercising your fundamental right to protest. Okay, whatever the hell you were protesting out there, you could be protesting for anything, or you could just be out there to sightsee. But when those doors, especially those big blast doors, got open and other numerous doors, do we know anything about that? Have we seen anything in the videotapes? Because I've always said, look, if you got let in there, how the hell do you know if you've never been to Washington, D.C.? You're going over to the Capitol, you marked in the Capitol, the door is open. Like, and outside of that flag on any given normal day, that the what we're saying. There's always thousands of people and tourists that are from you know every walk of life across the United States, including foreigners that are, guess what, visiting our nation's capital. So if you were let in, how the hell can somebody be charged if you just walk through, you went to the normal areas? I'm not talking about the people that busted into the Senate floor or busted windows, but it seems like right there, those type of people should not be screwed with and they're being screwed with, correct? They absolutely are. Um, in addition to facing the overwhelming majority of, of charges are misdemeanors. They are trespassing charges, which is sort of what I'm arguing with people today. 
who are like, oh, Tucker is whitewashing it. He's rewriting history. And I say, just look at the data from the Justice Department. This is easy. You know, you've got only a hundred or so out of a thousand defendants who are charged with uh, using any sort of weapon against police officers. Uh, you've got 40 or so who are charged with stealing government property or vandalizing property. Um, and the overwhelming majority, probably 80% of the total charges and defendants are low-level misdemeanors like parading in the Capitol, which is my personal favorite. Um, but on the flip side, you've got about more than 300 individuals who are charged with a very serious felony obstruction of an official proceeding. That is the count that Jacob Chansley finally, after 300 some odd days in solitary confinement, that's the count that he finally pleaded guilty to. He was sentenced to 41 months in prison. What official proceeding did he interrupt? You could see when he was walking through the building, there was nothing going on. It had already been evacuated. He went into an empty Senate chamber. He didn't obstruct anything. But this is the felony, and I'm sure you will recall this from the Mueller report. This is the felony, the Andrew Weissman specialty, 1512C2, that he wanted Trump charged with for attempting to obstruct the Mueller investigation. Um, so now this DOJ under Weissman's buddies like Lisa Monaco uh, are levying this very serious count against uh, January Sixers. It should not be used this way. It is totally being bastardized and weaponized to criminalize political yeah. dissent, and it is ruining people's lives. So if you wanted to really sort out the violent criminals, people who broke windows, uh, or even went into somebody's office and rummaged through it. It's not really a violent crime, but it shouldn't have been done. Versus the overwhelming number who, what you just showed again on the surveillance video, people just walking through halls, people walking through the rotunda of the U.S. Capitol on a work day. That's legal. It doesn't matter what Nancy Pelosi said with her COVID, suddenly her new COVID regulations a few days beforehand. That is total legal political activity that has never been weaponized like it is, um, like it has been in this uh, overall investigation and prosecution. Yeah. And I would also say that the other thing that's hard to understand is I've been there for, I was in Washington for so many uh, presidential inaugurations. And by, by that date, usually even before Christmas, they already have the fencing up because you're preparing for hundreds of thousands of people to descend on the Capitol to watch the new president be sworn in. And it, so it's so odd that, I mean, even when we have like even, I wouldn't even say major Supreme Court decisions, even like Supreme Court decisions that are, that are you know, that a lot of people aren't even paying attention to, but if they know there's going to be some type of, of, of protesters out there, they erect these 10 foot tall double fences. And in fact, I mean, there's many times that those fences were up around the Supreme, separating the Supreme Court and the Capitol. I, I've seen those up, uh, Julie, for for months and months and months at a time, just around the Supreme Court decisions that were that were coming out during that time. So the whole idea that we're 14 days from an inauguration and that fencing is not all up, at least around the Capitol, and by inauguration day, by the way, so you you know just to give people the layout, you got the Capitol complex itself. Typically, that has the 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 10 foot fencing around it. Everything's built up because they're beginning to put the staging in and all of that for the uh, for the parade and everything that takes place during the, the presidential swearing in and then inauguration. Um, and then when you're when you're about a week or two out, 
They expand that fencing that then goes to surround the Senate buildings and the House office buildings. And that's this 10 foot tall, sometimes double fencing. None of that was up. The only thing that was up is what I call the bicycle racks. And so that doesn't make sense. I mean, obviously we know now Pelosi did not want to bring in the National Guard, even though they were available. So you had no fencing, no National Guard. And you have these huge doors that were being opened. And, and I totally agree with you on, on this. And it's what I said from the very beginning. Like the people that busted up into offices, broke windows, like, look, make, make an example of those people. Because for God's sakes, you sure as hell haven't done it for the 20 years that I was in Congress. I mean, they never made an example of the lunatics that came into my office or anything else that harassed my staff, that threatened my staff. And this happens, it's, I'm just not saying me. Of course, I was a little bit more of a target with more lunatics that, by the way, were funded by the left. But they did it in my district offices. They did it in my Washington, D.C. office. Uh, but all of these people that had shut down the Senate office buildings before, you know, look, anybody like that that breaks into places, they ought to be. They ought to be arrested and they ought to be busted just for the safety and security of the facility. And But that's not what we see happening at this point. Instead, they, they're charging. I mean, hell, Julie, they're charging people that weren't even inside the Capitol that's that right. day and that had no idea, that never had any intention of going into the Capitol, that never had ever never told anybody to go into the Capitol. And we have people that serve time for that. And basically what they were is they were, because I know some of them, uh, they were essentially threatened to say, look, you know, if you don't do X, Y, or Z, we're going to go after you for, you know, 57 years. And the person sitting there going, wait a second, you know, I can't afford, you know, $250,000 in, in for a lawyer or more uh, to defend myself. And then, of course, you know what they do. But if you just plead guilty, you have to do some house arrest and all that. A lot of the, the people that got busted that were on the outside of the Capitol, that's what they pled to because mm -hmm. they had to plead because they couldn't, they, they just couldn't defend themselves anymore. Which is why the fact that Ray Epps it remains uncharged when so many other people have been, when he was clearly instigating and, and uh, encouraging people, even the night before and during the day to go into the Capitol, the fact that he still is not charged and so many other people are, you know, he is still, um, the FBI has a pinned tweet to its uh, Twitter page. And it says, we're still looking most wanted. And this is from August of 2021. We're still looking, here's our most wanted. And Ray X is on the poster. So and it's still there, it's still there on their Twitter account. It's still there. I, I just, I just posted okay. it the, uh, last week. I said, here you have. Well, you got to post you have got to post that on True Social. If there's a, you have a picture of that. I will. I got. I got a new phone, so I got to update my. Uh, I got to re-enter my Truth Social. I was just trying to do it. Um, but yeah. So, but but again, that raises so many questions. Like for example, where's the pipe bomber? What happened to the pipe bomber? Oh yeah. You know, pipe bombers, this yeah. is what initiated the first set of evacuations in nearby house buildings. That totally has disappeared. But not that set off a lot of the panic that day. That no one even talks about it anymore. The January sixth Select Committee did, barely even mentions it in its report. Um, who were the paid agitators? You know, I was at a trial a couple of weeks ago, and a Capitol Police official, not an officer, but a top tier official, um, she said that she viewed violent professional agitators who were coordinated and working together to sort of launch the chaos that afternoon outside. 
That has not been covered by the news media at all. And to your point, the fencing, um, by the time anyone who had been at Trump's speech walked and made their way to the Capitol, say Trump's speech was over at 110, maybe they got there two or a little after two, all of that fencing, the bike racks and the snow fencing uh, that had been put up, allegedly put up, that had all been torn down by one o'clock. Um, so people who are before, riding before, Trump's, right before Trump was even done speaking, exactly right. And before anybody even had a chance to get over there, there were already people there. And I think we have a picture of the the appropriate fencing that's normally up. I think I they can put it. That. I think our team can put it on the screen here. Yeah. So see that fencing there uh, that you're looking at, Julie. That is the type of fencing that is normally up. First of all, that type of fencing is used like the example I gave the Supreme Court decisions that come out. And that type of fencing is always used uh, around uh, the presidential inauguration. Now, the military equipment is not is not used, so that's obviously. And I don't think I don't believe there's barbed wire. I can't remember, you know, dating back. It's been a while since I remember that fencing being up. But that's and it's usually kind of double fencing. There's a couple different barricades, and that's for you know crowd control and to make sure you know as you're heading into the inauguration, you can imagine when you have hundreds of thousands of people out there what it takes to make sure that you maintain safety and security for just to give people the vision. You've got the president, the vice president, mm -hmm. former presidents, all the house and Senate yeah. members, cabinet members, they're all, all up there totally exposed. And typically that type of fencing is up uh, well before, you know, two weeks before, uh, you know, the January 20th date. Well, and to your point, this, this kind of segues into another big concern, unanswered question. We do know now that the FBI was collecting intelligence from numerous field offices that suggested there could be violence that day. The Department of Homeland Security has come out and said that they also had intelligence that said that there could be violence that day. The so, uh, DC uh, at Capitol Police Intelligence Unit uh, also had some sort of report saying that there could be Julie, violence. Julie, that day. I was. I was the ranking Republican or, or the, the top Republican uh, on the House Intelligence Committee. I mean, first of all, any idiot would know that there could potentially be violence when you have that many people in town. I mean, that's right. always the case. That's why when even there's going to be 100 protesters show up, they put those big fences up between the Supreme Court and the and the Congress. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it wasn't any secret. I talked to, to, to numerous people that morning, uh, Capitol Police and others that knew that this very well could be the case. And that's why it's so ridiculous that there were the only the bicycle racks amongst, you know, many other questions. But I know you're running out of time here, but I do want to get to, you know, because True Social, we we promote free speech. And I think you were onto something at the very beginning that I want to get to. And that is this this attempt by the Senate Majority Leader and some Republicans to shut down Fox News. And I want to there's another clip that I'd like to play for you involving an attack on the uh on I think it's Rupert Murdoch. So we're gonna play that now real quick and get your comments. These lies continue tonight. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again not because their views deserve such opprobrium, but because our democracy depends on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I mean, that is, 
that is a direct attack on freedom of speech. A, a direct attack. Like, look, I do not like the fake news. I've made no bones about it. As a matter of fact, if you defame me or you slander me, now I take you to court. And I think many in the fake news or the relic news, they know that. So I'm involved in numerous lawsuits you know, around the country because I don't tolerate their bullshit anymore. Okay. But uh, I've never said, oh, Bezos, the Washington Post, you've smeared me and my colleagues time and time again, people that I worked with. Never once have I said to Jeff Bezos and Amazon and the Washington Post, you should shut off the lights and turn them down. That's it. I never went to the House floor to say, shut the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness. They need to be in darkness. I never said that. I never even thought of saying it. And I think there is no one in at least in the United States history as a, as a city member of Congress that brought more cases to the federal courts than me against these media outlets. And even I never would even think of saying something so sinister right. as Chuck Schumer just said there, Julie. That's a good word, sinister. Uh, it's really unconstitutional. I mean, the attack on democracy, Senator Schumer, is coming from inside the House. That's you. But I will take you one more. I'll take you a, a, a level up there. Um, his Republican senators came out and instead of condemning Chuck Schumer for what he said, saying it was to say it was completely out of line, protecting Tucker Carlson's right to say whatever he wants and pre present whatever videos or commentary on his own program, you had people like Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, Senator Ken Kramer, Senator Tom Tillis, Senator Lindsey Graham, um, basically mimic what Chuck Schumer said, that this was out of line. I think that Tom Tillis said, this is bullshit, you know, just um, based on what? I mean, you couldn't push them for details because they didn't have any. You can't play video that was captured by security cameras in the Capitol building on January 6th because what? The January 6th committee will be mad at you. Um, so that's what's really even more outrageous. And of course, you were subjected to that yourself. There was no really no backup for you from uh, Senate Republicans uh, when you were uncovering Russiagate. Right, they right. I never, I, never had, I never heard them come out and say, and, and a lot of them knew, by the way, that the Russia hoax was a hoax. And they knew that I was being relentlessly attacked with slander. Mm -hmm. And you're exactly right. I never heard any of them you know, come out there and say, this is it, Bezos and Amazon Post. You've been taking illegal leaks, uh, probably the biggest leak in U.S. history of intelligence, where you leaked General Flynn's phone call or the the, the conversation between President Trump and the Mexican president mm -hmm. or President Trump and Australian uh, prime minister. I never heard any of them come out and say, that's it. Shut it down. Shut it down. I mean, it didn't happen because it's ridiculous because it is unconstitutional. And, I, you know, look, I think. I don't know what my former Republican colleagues are, are are thinking in the Senate. I mean, I know many of them. I I, I like them. Maybe they're going to readjust uh, their their thoughts on this. But I think you have to separate out for those because I understand being in the Capitol. Um, it wasn't a good day for for the United States history at all, especially once. And I would say it was a fine day as people were protesting, just like any other protest. But at the point at which people broke the windows, you know, that is wrong and you should be busted. It is not legal to do that. But from the very beginning, what I've said is, is focus on getting those people. Focus on why the fences weren't up. Focus on why they didn't call in the National Guard. Let's go after the people who really did the rioting. 
And, and I don't understand why, you know, I mean, it just seems like tempers are like almost flaring with like, like, I mean, you're getting so upset over Tucker Carlson, like just doing reporting. I mean, so much so now you're talking about, uh, there's a, there's a funny <laughs> thing that was on truth social, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really bizarre that they would target uh, Tucker uh, like this and the, and the Murdoch family. It just, it's just so anti-American. Well, I think it supports the idea what I call January 6th, an inside job, because you have um, numerous now officials who've testified that they were in communications months before January 6th talking about that day. We know that there was an entire organization called the Transition Integrity Project that had high level uh, Democrat strategists, former lawmakers, never Trumpers like Bill Kristol, who were sort of gaming out what was going to happen after Election Day. And they talked about January 6th a number of times. So you can consider this an inside job one of two ways. Number one, the people responsible for securing the Capitol who had intelligence, who should have had that fencing up, who should have had National Guardsmen, who should have had their Capitol Police, D.C. Metro. There's no other city in the country with more police departments than Washington, D.C., they were completely gone, people complained. So either it's an inside job and the government is responsible for it because they allowed it, did not prepare and allowed it to happen. Or you had these same interests that brought us Russiagate, the first impeachment, who colluded behind the scenes, uh, who intentionally, as we know about the former uh, Yogananda Pittman, the intelligence official for Capitol Police, who was totally non-responsive on January 6th. Uh, mm -hmm. So many things that just don't add up. And when you look at Russiagate, you look at things like the Whitmer fednapping hoax, you look at, you understand what this FBI, DOJ, DHS, what you call the deep state is capable of doing. You cannot disqualify the idea that this was concocted by the very same people who tried to take Trump out for five or six years. They just went on steroids and now they're using it not to go after Trump or Carter Page or anyone else, but to go after grandmas in, in Indiana who walked through the Capitol for 10 minutes. Yeah. So final, so final question, Julie, because I know you have to go. You're going to be you're going like you're live on Rumble with with me on, on my podcast. Great. And now you're going to switch over and you're going over to Real America's Voice on a War Room uh, right. here. So you're going to be you're, you're 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 for an independent journalist. You're you're amazing. You're getting all <laughs> kinds of time. So we're blessed to have your time today. Thank you. No, but, Happy to. But I want to get one more, uh, just kind of one more thought uh, out of you, kind of, uh, we, we've, we've kind of circled around the edges of it, but clearly we know Ray Epps. Clearly we know that federal officials have been unwilling to directly answer the question on whether or not there were informants or anybody that was working with the FBI there that day. Um, this is kind of why the videotapes need to get out uh, mm -hmm. so that people can go through and figure out who all these people are, just like the people that had the masks on with the hammers. What can you say about what do you think more we're going to find? What should we be looking for in terms of how many informants were out there? Um, so we do know that there were informants in the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. We know that because of the trials that um, are ongoing. What's happening now is the release of body cam footage for D.C. Metro Police. And there was some interesting footage that was posted last week where one of the D.C. Metro Police officers who has a body worn camera approaches five men. They're in plain clothes. He says, hey, who are you guys? Do you have any guns on you? Whatever. They're like, yeah, we have guns. And they said, well, let me see. And they all pulled out badges. They were all law enforcement officials. They were there undercover. They had firearms. They were walking towards the ellipse. 
Devin, you had Michael Sherwin, the acting U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia, who was in plain clothes that day. He wasn't at his office ready to help prosecute people who were charged with crimes. He was like a spy. He was walking around by the ellipse in plain clothes. Then he walked towards the Capitol and he's talking with police officers. Why is a U.S. prosecutor like an undercover guy on January 6th? So we could see all this evidence. And there's a new motion pending right now in court from a man who's representing himself in a January 6th criminal case of three undercover D.C. Metro police officers who were behind Ashley Babbitt that afternoon, instigating people, telling them to go into the building, follow me, follow me. And the judge has that their identities in that video under a protective seal. And this particular mm-hmm. defendant wants it released. So this is all the new information that is coming out. The government, that's why they tried to torture people into plea deals. So none of this video, none of this testimony, none of these witnesses would ever come forward. And now it's getting way ahead of them. Hence the panic by uh, someone like um, Charles Schumer. Well, Julie, thank you so much for all your hard work on this. I mean, you've done just an amazing job. I mean, now for many years, I mean, going back to 2017 and you, like I said, when we started, I mean, this is really the rise of independent journalism Mm -hmm. and it's showing that the old media are really just becoming relics and you're seeing it happen every day on True Social, working in conjunction with Rumble. You know, we've got thousands of people watching right now. I mean, we'll probably get, I think my last episode, uh, Julie went you know, well over 200 and some thousand viewers of of my of my podcast just on Rumble. It doesn't include the audio version. And look, I'm only doing this to essentially shed light on great people on True Social. They're doing wonderful work. I'm just using this to promote True Social. I'm not trying to run some you know fancy uh, cable network here news show. Um, I just do it just to just to help promote uh, to promote promote True Social and people like yourself. And it's you know it's really funny that. The fake news is just totally ignoring it because, you know, my little podcast gets more views than most shows on CNN during the day. No doubt. I mean, that's, it's, it's amazing. And I'm like one of the small shows. And thank you all for watching, by the way. But um, but you're, you know, you're seeing people like Glenn Greenwald, who is mm-hmm. clearly a creature of the left, not of the not of the center or the right. But, you know, he's a guy who did legitimate work on the Russia hoax. He refused to, you know, he refused to bow down to the narrative. He basically got eliminated from his position at the intercept and now he's risen again. And now he's on rumble five nights a week uh, and getting, I think in excess, I've seen him get as many as six or 700,000 views, which is, I mean, that's getting into taking out prime time of, of some of these cable network shows. Amazing. Well, he deserves the success. So do you, of course. Um, I just want to commend you again for your courage in Russiagate. Um, And I, like I said, covering that um, gave me such a learning curve to do what I'm doing uh, for January 6th. So I want to once again. On well, uh, well thank you. It's, it's a, it's a reoccurring, reoccurring nightmare, but uh, I'm glad. Uh, but it was um, I think it was really ripping the bandaid off of a larger uh, problem with government where we have a two tiered justice system that is completely out of control. And I Thanks for that little tidbit about the U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C. running around in plain clothes out by the Capitol. That's just, I didn't know that till today. Yes. All right, Julie. Good luck on War Room. Thanks for everybody for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks so much for having me on. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.